Hello and welcome to At Home with Ashley G. I'm Ashley Gronwald, a real estate agent, mother of three, living in Raleigh, North Carolina with my husband Jed. I hope you'll join me as we discuss all things that begin in the home, such as family, marriage, faith, parenting, organizing, and plus a sprinkle of real estate. I look forward to building a community with you as we navigate the joys of owning a home and making it our safe haven for our family. Because home is where it all begins. Hi everyone, it's Ashley Gronwald with Hunter Row Real Estate and I am joined by Elizabeth Creesink and she is one of the kids directors at the Summit Church. So I asked her if she would join me today just to talk about this idea of kids and dropping them off at church and what, what that isn't and what that is. And I had a fun conversation with her, it's been months ago now, just about this idea that it's not child care, not just babysitting. It's not just somewhere to drop your kids off while you go listen to the sermon and are, are discipled. It's much more than that. And so that's what this conversation came from. And I'm so excited to share it with everyone else because I want to learn from it as well and have this much bigger perspective when we're dropping our kids off at church. So Elizabeth, do you want to share anything else about you before we, we jump into these questions? Sure. I will just say um, I've been serving in full-time ministry for about four years, but God's call on my life came really early. Um, the reason I'm in kids ministry is because the kids ministry played a huge role in my life when I was just a little girl. Um, my family started attending church after my parents got divorced and my mom was like, what do I do with these angry children? And the way people loved and cared for me really spoke the gospel to me when I was just a little girl and changed the trajectory of my life. So that's kind of how I got into this calling and why I'm, I'm so passionate about ministering to kids. That's awesome. So did you come to faith as a little girl then? I did. I was in fifth grade. So after about two years of people trying to get the gospel into my brain, God finally softened my heart. That's awesome. Very cool. Yeah. So this, you're coming from the summit perspective, but ultimately from, like you said, your walk with the Lord. So when you answer these questions, some of them are going to be a summit culture, I'm sure, that has in, influenced you. But yeah. at the core of it, what we really care about is what God says from his word. So I feel confident when you're answering these questions, some of it will be your opinion and some of it summit culture. And then the biggest part of it will be what God's word says. So the first question is, what is the vision of the kids program at our church specifically? Yeah. So specifically at the summit, we say that summit kids exist to partner with parents to raise a generation that loves Christ and his mission. We know that parents are the primary influencers of their home and you are the number one influencer of your kids' lives. But we also know that it takes more than just the parents to raise a kid who loves Christ and his mission. And we want to be some of those people, whether it's spiritual aunts and uncles and grandparents, for your kids to work together to raise a generation that loves Christ and serves his mission. And I think I realized that for the first time, you know, I, we had just had a little girl, we're doing this new thing as parents, and we went to a summit parenting class. This has been probably four years ago. And I remember they were saying we had the primary role, which I, I mean, I knew it, but it had never been said, you know, like in my mind as a parent yet, at least where I was paying attention, like you're the primary influencer, like you just said. And then the church comes alongside you. It's not the church's responsibility. It's the parents. And then the church yeah. will come and help equip and help just support that mission. But it's not the responsibility of the church, which is such a good mind shift for a parent to realize the church is not responsible 
for making your kids follow Jesus. You have got to be the main influencer on that and allow the church to play a part in it. So yeah, it's awesome. Because even if you just think through the number of hours that your kid spends in the church versus Mm -hmm. around you as a parent. At Summit, I can speak to our programming. Uh, We have two big weekly programming sessions. Um, So Summit Kids in the morning and then a weekly Awana program that happens in the afternoon. And then if you add in like VBS and you're a rock star and also send your kid to camp, you're maybe spending like two and a half to three hours a week in church programming, but your kids are around you more than that every single day. Um, So the impact of repetition and all of those can really come through the parents um, rather than just like, I'm going to drop you off here and this is where it happens. Yeah. And I'm sure we'll talk about this a little bit, but just like the difference between dropping them off at a babysitter and then, you know, pick them up. They serve their purpose of keeping your kids safe while you were doing what you needed to do versus you pick them up from church and ask them about what did you learn about God this week? What did you, how did you see um, your classmates showing you Jesus? What did your teacher, you know, all those different things. It's very different than a babysitter. So I think a good litmus test for me is when I pick Ellie and Parker up from the kids program, is it, got that out of the way. I was able to listen to the sermon myself and forget about the fact that they were just being discipled too. And then partnering with them on the car ride home, like, tell me about what you learned. Did you have questions about that? Was that, do you believe that to be true? You know, that, that type of thing. I think that's really good. So what is the parents part in the discipleship of their children? You've kind of alluded to that, but maybe be more specific. Yeah. So with parents being the primary disciplers of their kids, I think it's their job to show their kids Jesus in word and in deed. And so some of that comes through, I think it's a parent's responsibility to help kids read their Bible, to read Bibles, to read the Bible together. We kind of, our language that we use around that is we call it family worship time. And so taking time as a family to read God's word, to pray together and to sing worship to him on a weekly basis of this is something that we do. This is, we we believe God's word is true and we believe that it is valuable and worth reading. And so having a time where you spend time talking about God's word, separate from God's word, like we can't know truth. That is how we know truth. So if you want your kids to know truth, spending time in the word together is so valuable. But then also indeed, um, your own discipleship as a parent on display is one of the strongest examples of the gospel that you can give to your kids. So how you treat people when you're angry and how you how you deal with difficulty, what you do when you're struggling um, and putting that on display and talking to your kids about, hey, I'm sorry, I have been frustrated and short with you and that's unkind and that's not how God treats us. And so I want to apologize to you because I sinned against you. And so that example of we're talking about the word, but then we are also intentionally living our lives in front of kids and talking about how who God is changes how we live our lives um, so that that we have that kind of pairing of truth on display for our kids. And one thing we talked about was just this coming from the model of Deuteronomy 6. So this is all based on scripture. This wasn't just an idea the church came up with. The Bible, God came up with this idea that we would write the history of God's word everywhere on the doorposts of our house, you know, on our foreheads, you know, all these ideas that if you put it practically, I think maybe someone at the summit even shared like that's when you're riding in the car, having conversations, that's at the meal time, when you're out playing with friends, that it's just this constant conversation that's just naturally ingrained into your daily life. It's not 
categorized as we go to church on Sunday, check, that's done. Now we move into our sporting events that have nothing to do with Jesus and sharing Christ and um, exuding a heart that loves people. You know, it's like melding those all together so that our kids see that it's just not a Sunday morning thing. Yeah. And that's who we're called to be as disciples. And so displaying that discipleship to our kids. Absolutely. The the cross is central to everything that we are and everything that we do. So like whatever you're doing, we are doing it to the glory of God. And so I think really seeking to live that out in your own walk with Christ is one of the best things you can do for the discipleship of your kids. And so I guess one of my questions would be, how do we get this message to the parents or how does the summit or other churches get this message to the parents? Like we're not the primary discipler of your kids, but we'll partner with you. How does that message get transmitted to the the parents? Yeah. So particularly for us and how we do it, we really want to know, challenge and equip our parents. And so some of the ways that we do that, um, we have our parent commissioning. Uh, a lot of churches call this their baby dedication. We view it as commissioning parents to their first mission field of their home. Um, and so there we really talk about what it means to be a parent who loves Jesus and who wants to have your kid love Jesus. And we lean really far in to that um, partnership as you are the primary disciples and we come alongside you as the church. Um, and for equipping, a lot of times we like to provide resources. Um, one of my favorite resources we uh, give out is a book called Parenting Beyond Your Capacity. Uh, and it, it really talks about this idea of if you have the church and the home working together, they're going to be able to be far more effective in the life of a child. Um, and then we have various other events throughout the course of the year that we call Parent Equips to say, hey, we are trying to come together to put this vision in front of you as you are the primary, primary one who is raising your kid. That's great. And then why do you think it's easy for us as parents maybe to fall into that mindset that dropping them off at the kids program is just childcare versus seeing it like we see what we're doing, which is going into the big worship service. Why is our disconnect for the adult to the child, do you think? Yeah, I think some of it is that Summit Kids is fun and sometimes silly and crazy. Um, and we do that on purpose. One of our goals is to have kids who love the church, but it can be easy to dismiss what we're doing is like, we're doing serious Bible study over here. We're serious worship. And you guys are doing worship over here where you're like doing motions and yelling and jumping and screaming. Uh, and so I think that can be one of the reasons why it's easy to be like, oh, that's not the real serious worship. Um, and I think some of it is that it is while it is discipleship, it is also meeting a tangible need of creating a space um, for parents to be able to go and worship. Um, and that's not to say I don't believe kids should ever go into corporate worship. I am a huge advocate for strong kids-based programming and age-based programming and also having kids participate in the work of the corporate church. Um, but we are also tangibly meeting a need. Um, and so I think we can lean more heavily on the I have a need that needs to be met than I am taking my place to my child to a place where they can learn the truth about scripture. I, I hesitated asking you the this next question, which you've kind of alluded to just you know, I definitely have friends that their view is it's really important to have their children in the big church service with them, um, which I think, like you said, I think there is benefit to that. And there's some really good aspects of that. But there's also a lot that they cannot understand that they could understand if it was age appropriate. So we could still be reaching our kids with the gospel on their level if we put them in those 
you know, situations where they can hear the truth versus in a, a setting like ours, which is very collegiate. Like, I feel like it's very intellectual. I mean, we've got a very smart pastor and a lot of very smart individuals who come in there that, you know, I have to be focused. I need to be taking notes for me to, you know, catch it, let alone a five-year-old. So why do you think it's beneficial for kids to be in a kid's program? Is it just for that, that they can, it's age appropriate, that they can actually catch what's being taught versus being sitting there with their family in a pew and not be getting the message? Yeah. Part of it is definitely that we very intentionally teach to kids age levels. We start teaching curriculum at two years old. Um, and then for us, Summit Kids goes up through fourth grade. So from the time they're two to the time they're in fourth grade, that material changes a lot, even just within our own programming. And so to be able to start with two-year-olds, basic foundational truths of God made you and God loves you and you're a sinner, but God made a way for you to be with him. Um, that for a two-year-old is a phenomenal amount of um, truth for them to be able to try to wrap their heart around. Um, but by the time we're in fourth grade, our kids are talking about what does it mean that we have strayed from our creator and, and why do we want to do those things? Like what are the things that pull our hearts away from who God is? So even within our own space, we are contextualizing for where kids are. And that is huge. Um, another one of the reasons why I think it's really important to have strong age-based programming is because we want to create kids who love the church. And part of that is creating an environment that's built for them. I don't want a kid who just is like, oh, every time I go to church, it's the worst and it's so boring and I just sit there and it's the worst. That's not what we want. We want kids who are saying like, yes, it's Sunday. I get to go to my class. I get to go see my teachers. I get to go see my friends and sing my favorite songs and do crafts. We do those things to create kids who love the church. And that love will shift and change as they grow. It's not always going to be the, oh, I get to play dodgeball with my friends that pulls them in. Um, but we know that that's where kids are now. And similarly to how we do that with learning, and we make it more fun when they are in first grade than it is when they are in high school, we want to start to develop that love of learning about God and who he is. And so we are able to do that more specifically in kids-based, in kids age-based programming. That makes sense. And I was thinking, you know, I have this desire to be in my kids' preschool classroom. So I'm a sub in their classes. And I love that because it actually puts the pieces of the puzzle together for me when they come home to be able to reiterate what they're learning there, how they are rewarded or disciplined so I can partner with their teacher there. So we're not working against each other. And so it's like, I just was in my son's preschool class and it made sense of like some of the things he's talking about or even singing. Cause I'm like, Oh, that's your hello song you sing when you come. And so I would think, and you didn't ask me to do this, but serving in kids ministry helps because it gives you a little piece of what they're experiencing and what age appropriate things they can comprehend and we can talk about with them so that you can carry that into the car and into your home. But if you're really unsure of what's going on behind those classroom doors, it might be hard for you to partner in the most strategic way with the church. Would you agree? Again, that was off oh. script a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would say almost all of our parents who either serve regularly or serve say that it is a, a huge addition to their ability to interact with their kids. Mm -hmm. So if they come out of a lesson that you have specifics about what we talked about and we personally do, uh, we have coloring sheets that our kids come home with every week that we'll always have on the bottom. It'll say what passage we covered and the kind of the big idea for the day so that you as a parent can say like, hey, you talked about this week, we're going to talk about Cain and Abel. And so you can be like, hey, we talked about that. What'd you think about it? 
um, to give you a little bit of insight, but really understanding like, oh, this is what they do in small group. And this is how it looks when they go to, to large group can help you ask better questions, can help you understand more about what your kids are talking about. Um, so I am, a, I obviously am a big fan of people who serve. Um, but I think as a parent, it, it puts extra tools in your toolbox to be able to interact with your kids about what happens on Sunday mornings. Yeah. Any of the parents listening are similar to me. Like I asked the question, like, what did you learn today? Or what did you do? It's like, I don't remember. Or my daughter's favorite. It's confusing, mom. I, I don't know that I can explain it. And I'm like, oh, but if you have that coloring sheet and you can say you talked about Cain and Abel, what did you think of that? You can prompt them with what you know about the story. And I do find Ellie's like light bulbs start going off. And I'm like, so what did you think when, you know, the brother killed the other brother? And it's like, yeah, I know my teacher said that, that, you know, and it's like, we come alive in a conversation that we couldn't have otherwise had if I didn't know what the topic was. So I think that's really helpful. So how can the parents in the church partner together to reach this next generation for kids for Christ? Um, we've talked a lot about, you know, we can serve in there so we can see what's going on and then implement that outside of the church walls and just giving them an opportunity to be a part of these programs at the church so that we can, again, be a part of that with them outside the church. Anything else that you would say that we can partner together, church and and family to win our kids to Christ? Yeah, I would say just one of the best partnerships that we can do is provide consistent, loving presence of an adult. And so I think that looks different for different people. Um, but I would say the ones that I think feel the strongest partnership are the ones who say like, you are an important person in my kid's life. So I want you to be an important person in our life. Um, and so whether that's families who like, hey, after lunch after service this week, let's all go out to lunch. Like I want to get to know you because you're teaching my kid about who God is and like creating more environments for that presence of an adult. One of the things that we fight really hard for in our leaders is consistency because we want that consistent presence. Mm -hmm. But if parents are able to lean into that, I understand that not everybody has super easy ways to be like, oh, yes, here's how I can just invite someone over for dinner who's in my kid's teacher. Um, but to think creatively about ways to really try to increase the participation in your lives. And then just as like staff, we want to be able to pray as specifically as possible for our families. Um, so when there are specific things going on in your lives, things that kids are struggling with, or you're thinking through how do we lead our family well in this way? Like we want to come alongside of you. And so being willing to come to people and say like, Hey, you don't have to have answers for me, but we're really struggling with X. Can you pray for us? Yeah. Um, I think is one of the best ways that we can partner for each other. I would also say one of our best partnership tools doesn't even necessarily happen behind the walls of kids. But if you, if our parents aren't being discipled well, then your kids aren't going to be discipled well. Yeah. And so participating in your own discipleship, whether that's you being in a small group or men's or women's discipleship, any of the, I, we have five identities of being a disciple of leaning into those five identities of being a worshiper, a family member, a servant, a steward, and a witness. We want to, as the church, come alongside you in all five of those areas. Yeah. And that will equip you better to be able to lead your kids. And I was even thinking, you know, the way Summit Kids does a really good job of just um, showing the child how important they are. When you said that word consistency, I was thinking about just seeing the same leaders and teachers, just like you would in a preschool, like it's the same teacher all year and they build a relationship and bond. So it's not like a, you know, a childcare drop off and they don't know your kid. Like I think about when we come into a kid, the kids program, it's like they see the kids. They don't even see Jed and I, which is totally okay. Okay. You know, our kids, 
are exposed to a lot of people talking to us. I love when we go to church. It's like they are who people, you know, the the kids program sees. It's like, hey, Ellie, hey, Parker. Um, And I think that that can build some just trust for the kids. And and then, like you said, a love for the church because they're building relationships. Um, They feel prioritized. They feel important. They feel special um, and safe, you know, because some of these kids may not be coming in in the best home environment. I don't know. So to be able to come here and it be a safe place, a refuge for them, I think could really, um, like you said, even in your testimony, brought you to faith was having this church community around you. So I think that's awesome. So when do you think discipleship discipleship can happen with kids? Is that something like you said, curriculum starts at two. So I think sometimes parents can think my kids can't understand this yet. So we can sing songs in the car. They have no idea what we're singing about, but at what age are they ready and able to actually understand the gospel? And when is too early? And, you know, when does baptism come in a profession of faith? Like when are you through the summits, maybe leadership encouraging those types of conversations? Yeah. Um, I'm going to kind of split this up into two separate questions. So one is when can discipleship begin? And I like to think of it as like, when do you as a parent start showing your kids that you love them? When do they start learning immediately? Like they come out and you are, they're immediately learning things about the world and you are trying to show them that you love them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think discipleship starts when we start showing kids that God loves them and cares about them. Um, in our nursery, that looks like us meeting the needs of kids the way that Jesus meets our physical needs. We have a God who provides for us. And so we want to meet the needs of our kids. And that is us showing them. They might not remember, but it, when your kid cries and you hold them because you love them, that they're not going to remember when they're six weeks old but that is still you loving and caring for your kid and showing them that you love them. And so we do that as soon as kids come into our doors, we are able to start leading them to see that Jesus loves them and cares about them. And then for the conversation around when can kids know and believe, uh, that one is so specific to every single kid. Um, Very recently, we had um, a baptism at our campus of a little girl. Her name is Langley. She is six years old. She is one of my best friend's daughters. Uh, and she believes and she knows, and she tells people about Jesus and that he loves them and that he died for them and interacting with Langley. It's very easy to see evidence of the spirit in her life. It's very easy to see just how she longs to know and follow after God. There are also things that are very childlike about Langley's faith. If you were to ask her about the Trinity, I don't even know what would come out of her mouth because it's complicated. Because if you were to ask me about the Trinity, my answer might, I might steal something from Ellie and be like, it's complicated. Um, And so it's okay to have areas that they don't understand and don't grasp. This is one of the areas where I think partnership can be really valuable to have somebody from the church come in to have a conversation with people. So at Summit, we have gospel and baptism conversations where we come and we sit down with a parent and a child and say like, hey, let's talk about baptism. Like this is something that you want to talk about and we are so excited to talk about it. Mm -hmm. What does it mean? Like, what does it mean to be a Christian? Um, And having somebody who is a little more practiced and having those conversations can be really helpful because it can be really easy to ask a leaving question with a kid. It can be really easy to, for a kid to say like, well, my mommy does this, so I want to do it without having any real understanding of sin. And so somebody who is, has had some practice having those conversations with kids Mm -hmm. can be a great area of partnership. But I would say as soon as your kids start asking questions, Mm -hmm. then we are at a spot where like, 
we should be having conversations. Mm-hmm. So that some kids starts at like five or six years old. And then for some kids, they don't even really start being interested in it until they're a little bit older. And it's one of those things that can be really hard and really tricky because we desperately want that for our kids, Mm -hmm. but don't want to lead kids to think they have made a decision, but it's actually a different course of action that they're making. They think like, I want to be with God because I'm a good little girl without having any understanding of like, I have no hope of being with God apart from him and apart from his grace and his kindness. Um, And so walking through that with somebody else, because they can't do it alone because you know your kid better than anybody else. There are people who I've had these conversations with them where I've spent less than 10 hours with their kid over the course of that child's life. I can't speak to, do you see the spirit convicting them of sin? Is that, I I can't do that. Only you as a parent are able to be like, yeah, I, I really think that's there. And then we come in as the church of having experience of having some nuanced conversations to, and we do that together, which is a great example of that partnering with parents. And I would say for myself, like I didn't come to faith until I went to college. So I, you know, I didn't know when or how early this could be. And, you know, we're sharing the gospel and doing lots of things with Ellie, but then she came out and asked, you know, how do I have Jesus in my heart? How do I go to heaven forever? How, and I was like, whoa, I wasn't ready for this. I didn't know, you know, it happened so soon, which is a beautiful yeah. thing. I've been praying since she was born that she would not remember a day that she didn't know Jesus, you know? And so here it is, the fulfillment of that prayer. Um, yeah. And I didn't feel quite ready for that to happen, even though it was, you know, the best thing ever. And I do, I love, like we sat with Pastor Tyler and he got to ask her questions. And and I, even the way he was asking, and I just saw myself, like you said, maybe I would maybe ask that more leadingly, like trying to get the answer out versus letting her come up with it. And just knowing that, this might be a journey with her just continuing this conversation before baptism happens, just to make sure that it's not them. Like you're saying of trying to win their parents approval or just having, you know, the wrong motivation. It's tough because you don't know exactly, like you said, each child might be slightly different in what they can understand or where they're at in their faith with God, which is challenging. Um, But I think the, beautiful part of it is like, it's never too early to start that conversation and to continue it. Um, And you mentioned Awana, which we're doing for the first time this year. And so far I think is awesome. Um, I think this is just another thing that we can partner with the church with, but is there anything else that you'd add about Awana that adds to this discipling of our kids? Yeah. So for those who don't know, Awana is a scripture memory uh, program. It's kind of built like boy scouts or girl scouts. They participate in clubs and we come together and they like, earn patches and awards. It's a very complicated system of who gets what award, but it is one of the best tools we have for hiding uh, scripture in our kids' hearts. One of our goals at Summit Kids is to stuff our kids with scripture so that one day when life cuts them, they'll bleed out the word of God. And so one, kids have the ability to memorize so much easier than we have as adults. So it's a great opportunity to try to capitalize on just where their brain space is at now. Uh, I personally am walking through the third and fourth grade book of trying to memorize all of the verses that our third and fourth graders are doing this year because I felt convicted that they spent more time learning scripture than I did. And so like, it can be challenging for me as an adult to be like, oh, is it which, how does it go? And Kids can just be like, oh, it's blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you're amazing. Um, So capitalizing on that time early when their brains are really able to memorize things. And that isn't something that's just going to happen if you just send your kids to Awana. It's something that you have to purposefully build into your rhythm of like, hey, we're going to sit down and work on your verse today. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but memorizing God's word and hiding it in our hearts is something that will have a long impact on their lives. I, you know, the first verse I learned when I was like seven years old about how God so loved the world and gave his son. Like that is something I was taught when I was so young. And that is seer- those exact words in the a new King James version that I learned it in is going to be in my brain forever. And so having a resource and a tool to help your kids get scripture deep into their hearts and into their brains is huge. Um, so I really love a one that we kind of call it our 201 of okay, you want to take this seriously, like, let's really start getting our kids to know and understand scripture. I love it. And it's been so good for me, because it's like, it's a discipline, a spiritual discipline that is harder, maybe as adults. Um, and we can just say, eh, I know enough scripture, you know, but mm-hmm. this is forcing me to do what I want to do. Now I just get to do it with Ellie, which is so fun, you know, and do hand yeah. motions with all the verses. So it's even better. But well, Thank you so much for your time, Elizabeth. I think this is awesome. If people had questions for you and wanted to get in touch with you, what's the best way to do that? Yeah, you guys can just send me an email to ecreasink at summitchurch.com. That's just my work email. Um, so if you have any questions about what it looks like for, to disciple your kids or to partner with the church or what we specifically do at Summit, I would love to answer any of those questions for you. Awesome. Well, thank you, Elizabeth. This is so beneficial. Um, I know it is probably, you know, just turning some wheels in some people's heads of how they're going to view the church and how they're going to partner with the church to disciple their kids. So thanks for all that you're doing there at the summit. Yeah, it was super fun. Thanks for having me, Ashley. You're welcome. See you soon. Thank you for joining me today. And if you connected with something that was said, I hope you will share this with a friend, subscribe and leave a review. Thanks for sharing this journey with me at home where it all begins.